Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Thursday, December 21st, 2023. I'm Beckler. Welcome to the Beckler and Shauna Pisscast. Sans Shauna today. She started her uh, long block of time off here. She won't be back until the new year, I believe. I've got a couple shows with you next week, but uh, off for Christmas for the next four or five days or so here. So hopefully Sean is able to relax and disconnect for a bit. I've said before, this is the best job in the whole world other than uh, rock star or astronaut, I think. But the, the most stressful part of it is constantly having to come up with fresh stuff to talk about. So to be able to take a few days off and like replenish our what we call our show prep, our stores of show prep, will be really nice. And it's like it's impossible to turn off your brain and not think about the show at this point, which is probably a good thing but doesn't let you fully relax ever. Like I have this, um, this sh- on your iPhone's notes function, I have like thousands of words worth of prep in there, but it's all like fragments basically, not anything I could bring to the show tomorrow. So to have a few days off here, should be some good shows when we come back because we'll have lots to talk about. Today was lots of fun though. It's one of those shows where it's kind of like, I don't know how many people are listening live, how many people have started their vacation. So we just kind of had fun with it. Uh, you're going to hear quite a few different voices. You'll hear Shauna. You're going to hear uh, a few calls, really good callers that we've been sitting on. I was like, I'll save those for when I'm by myself, and then I won't have to do as much work. Some of your interesting input into the show. We're going to talk about an iconic item in Canadian history. Some motivational tips if you're looking to get back into exercise. I have some tips for you. Which celebrity is going to die over the holidays? A very fat man scoop Christmas and more after your out-of-context clip. On yesterday's show, Shauna said that she wishes there was adult hide-and-seek available because she thinks it would still be fun as an adult. And then we got a message from friend of the show, Scott, who said, Google Canada Canadian hide-and-seek team. Now, what's what's the story behind this, Scott? So so basically, as the, the legend goes, uh, my buddy and his two other friends... Uh, we're going down to the States, to New Orleans, to see a, a Saints game. So the the father of the one of the guys um, worked for Roots. So he had uh, given the boys like a full Team Canada outfit so that they could just uh, be proud of their country while they were down there. I don't know how it came to be that rumor made it to the, the announcers. So they sent an interviewer up to, to talk to these guys. Oh and they had convinced her that they were the Team Canada hide-and-seek team. Um, Down on the field is Melanie Wester in the stands, actually, with a very special guest. Melanie? Yeah, guys, I'm not exactly sure how to introduce this one. I'm here with a couple of guys who are with the Canadian Olympic Demonstration hide-and-seek team. Which they (laughs) formed to 
be in the Beijing Olympics as a demonstration sport oh of, of hide and seek. Um, the one friend convinced them that it was uh, hide and seek is was an ancient Chinese game that used to be called Lo Dong. <laughs> now it took me quite a while to believe that this is actually true. But uh, what did you say that the other country called this? Well, in in China, you know how table tennis is called uh, ping pong, uh, and it's called table tennis normally. Well, this this is actually an ancient Chinese game uh, called Lo Dong. Oh my um, goodness! Yeah, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh my, my buddy, who's the the furthest guy on the right, told them that yeah, U.S. didn't make it for some reason. It didn't uh, didn't pan out for them, but uh, Canada made it because you need you need a lot of terrain to be able to really practice this properly. And <laughs> so, is this something that they also do in the United States that we just haven't heard about? Uh, the states started a team, but they never went through with it. It's it's a lot of smaller countries, and uh, it's something that you have to have a lot of terrain for. The, the reason that there's no money in it is because there's no TV contract, right? All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. We're here uh, playing football and learning about a new sport. Back up to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you think of this all on the fly? That's what I was gonna say. Like, talk about think quick so. thinking. How would you? Yeah. yeah. I, like I said, I don't know how it came to be that they got her up there, but yeah, amazing. Man, that's so funny. <laughs> Just probably a bunch of Canadian dudes drinking beer and taking the piss. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you know that they'd exactly. be a few deep for sure. Oh, it used to be called Low Dong for sure. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> How you could even table tennis is called ping pong. Well, this is yeah. (laughs) Holy crap! Oh man, that's funny. The fact that all of them were able to keep it together enough, I would be dying. Like you'd just be killing yourselves laughing. Like, are you kidding? You actually believe this right now? That is phenomenal. Yeah, just stone faced. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's so funny is there are enough demonstration sports in the Olympics now that you hear of, and you're like, that seems like a bit of a stretch. That's not even the most ridiculous one we probably could find. That's why. I was like, man, yeah, exactly. that could be passable. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have tag on TV now, right? Yes, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Game where you keep the balloon in the, the air. One with the balloon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Holy crap. That's phenomenal. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Well, you may know that on this show, we are huge fans of the hype man and MC fat man scoop. Big fat man scoop fans. We like to take fat man scoop his hype drops and put them into songs where they don't really belong because he's just that good. He can get you hyped up no matter what. So I asked our producer, Logan, if he could do this with some Christmas classics. I think we could improve them. You know, we've been hearing these same songs every, every Christmas for years and years and years. What if we put a little fat man scoop in them? So Logan has three of them here for us. I haven't heard these either. I'm hearing these for the first time. Let's see what he came up with. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer Take your shirt off. had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, Let's go. you would even say it. What have you done to Gene Autry, Logan? What have you done? Uh, okay, what else do we have here? Stand your ground, it's about to go down. the snowman was a happy, jolly soul. I've a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Push them up now! Oh, I see the snowman is a fairy tale, they say. 
of the Chris Classic Christmas characters party? I bet it's Frosty. One more. Fat Man Christmas. Thank you for that, Logan. The Fangler and Shauna Podcast. Earlier this week on the show, we got talking about hair transplants and shaving your head. I think everybody at some point in their life should shave their head extremely like cue ball it <laughs> because it is the most amazing feeling in the world to experience things with your head. Interesting. Okay. Like the cold and the... So you've you've obviously shaved your head down to the grain? I did back in 2009 for my daddy had cancer. Okay. And that. it was amazing to feel the wind on my scalp because I came out of my mom, like, full head of hair. So I've always had hair. Interesting. Wow. So that's the very first time you ever experienced hairlessness on your head. Yes. And it was incredible. It was so cool to feel rain on my scalp. <laughs> that would I'm be a, a cool swimmer. feeling. I'm a swimmer, and the first time I dove into the pool when I was bald, I almost drowned myself because I was giggling so much. It was the <laughs> coolest feeling in the world. Putting your head on, well, like, your satin pillowcase for the first time. Oh, my God, it's so cool. I think everybody at some point should shave their head and experience that. Okay. I'd never really considered how, especially for a woman, if you've always had longer oh. hair, like you'd have, because I mean, guys will have been close to that with shorter hair and stuff, but it'd be very different if you always had a full head of hair. Totally. Yes. The other thing is that it was quite um, a humbling experience as I have an idea in my head as to what people see me as. And having my hair grow back, not the same. Like, people would take pictures with me, and I would look at the picture and be like, who's that? They're like, that's you, because I did not recognize myself. Whoa. Crazy. So that that took a little bit, but it was humbling. It was amazing. I think everybody should go through it at some point. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would be a very refreshing uh, thing to do for sure. Well, that's uh, that's quite a thing to do. In solidarity with your dad. Yeah, wow. that's amazing. Well, I donated my long hair to wig for kids with cancer, mm-hmm. and then I fixed it for my dad. So, so it how, was like a two-step thing. How long are you at now? Mm, I have 18 inches of hair back. Okay. Um, it's not the same, so that's the that's the weird part. But my dad is still around, so yay. Oh, that's amazing. When you say it's not the yeah. same, do you mean like the texture or the color or... Um, the texture. I used to be able to put a curl in my hair and it would stay for like five days. Now I put a curl in my hair and it doesn't even last. What? That's so strange. Weird. Man, we're yeah. aliens, aren't we? Yeah. Like, oh, totally. <laughs> totally. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. This is a little bit morbid, but uh, I wonder which celebrities are going to die this Christmas. Celebrities love dying at Christmas. Every year over the holidays, at least three will die because it always comes in threes, right? You you know that celebrity deaths come in threes, and they'll make the news. 
I think it's because for a few different reasons. I think this happens. Uh, one, I think celebrities need attention, right? It's their entire purpose. And there's there's not as much news to compete with over Christmas. Nothing's happening. Newsrooms are quiet. So if a celebrity dies at Christmas, they're going to get the most attention. And it's easy for newsrooms too, just be like, oh, that person died. Here's a quick write up on them and the work that they were in. And then that will dominate the news. I think, you know, if a celebrity were to die in another part of the year where there's other stuff going on, it just doesn't get as much attention. If you're going to, if your death is going to make a splash, it's got to be over Christmas. So, and then the rest of us, you know, we'll, we'll see this because we're visiting relatives or whatever. And we're maybe out of things to talk about by then. And someone will be like, oh, did you see so-and-so died? And then everyone will be like, no way. Oh, I loved her. What was she in? Uh, she was in that movie with Richard Gere, right? No, no, you're thinking of the other one. And that's what we do. That's what we do. I'm not trying to be a herald of death here or anything, but it's going to happen. A celebrity is going to die, a noteworthy celebrity between now and, I don't know, December 27th, 28th, the next few days. And you're going to see that and you're going to think, Beckler was right. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Earlier this week, Canada announced a plan to have 100% of uh, new vehicle sales by 2035 be zero emission vehicles, which is likely to be mostly electric vehicles at this point. And we've been talked about this in the past. We got talking about this week too, about some of the issues that this presents with uh, building that many EVs, um, with generating that much power and with, charging those vehicles. Now, Brad, you have a bit of expertise on this topic. Yeah, well, I'm an electrician. I own a company called Common Ground Electric in Calgary. And uh, yeah, we do EV hookups for people wanting to charge in their houses. And um, yeah, one of the things that we noticed is a lot of people buy the cars and then phone their electricians later only to find <laughs> out that they don't have enough power in their house or they've got to jump through a lot of hoops to kind of get there and, and it ends up costing a lot of money. So, Is this kind of what you, what you specialize in then? Yeah, that's sort of what we do. We do, we, we do all things electrical, but yeah, we're, we're really seeing a, a, an uptick in, in EVs for sure. So what's a, what does a conversion typically cost? It can range. We're doing one for a client right now. They're buying two EVs. They're upwards of 150000 to be able to upgrade their house to it, to be able to handle that. Um, they're putting in new transformers, giving up a section of their yard so that they can have the transformers in their yard and everything like that. Wow. Some, some though, we walk in and it's, you know, 1000 bucks, 1500 bucks if everything works out okay. So not too bad. And then I'd say on average, you're anywhere from 1500 to three grand for, for most houses. And that's to upgrade to, to 220 or? Well, so the problem is, is that the Tesla or the, the, the vehicle draws so much power that um, you, you have to run a big line from the electrical panel out to the garage, let's say. So if you've got a house that was built with 100 amps in your house, and you haven't added a lot of things like uh, hot tubs and air conditioners and stuff like that on it, then your system can handle uh, an EV charger. Okay. But if you've already added all those other things, like a hot tub or an air conditioner, and now you're also trying to add an EV, you've got to be kind of aware of how much power you've got left. So there's steps involved, and every house is different, um, but steps involved to kind of make sure you know that you're not going over. So as somebody who's working in this field, what do you think of the announcement that the, the goal is to have 100% zero emission vehicles by 2035? Do you think that's feasible with the way the grid looks now? Not, not in the timeline that they're looking at. No, I mean, the amount of, the amount of power that they're trying to bring on and, and switch everything to electric. Everybody's, you know, it sounds great in, on paper to switch everything to electric. 
Um, but at the end of the day, the amount of power that you need to do that is not available on the current grid. And, and it's not just a matter of like providing more power, everything that's in the grid from where it's generated all the way through to where you plug the car in, in your house needs to be upgraded. The wires aren't big enough. An electrician told me recently, and maybe you can confirm or deny this, but as more and more people adopt EVs, it may be kind of like a race to see who can get power in their garages first. Yeah. Before they just run out of power on a block. Is is that something that you've seen? Yeah, that's where the one that I was mentioning that we're we're doing for a client right now that's one hundred and fifty thousand. He's having to pay for the the grid to be upgraded to handle what he wants at his house. So yeah, it is somewhat of a race right now. I don't know if that's the way it'll always be, but right now each transformer in front of your houses is only sized to handle so much power, and it's kind of a first come first served until it's maxed out, and then you got to pay to upgrade it. So his his upgrade was one hundred and fifty thousand. Holy God, I misunderstood you. I thought the vehicles were 150,000. No, that's just the charges card. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> we brought 400 amps into his house. Do you drive an EV yourself or a gas vehicle? No. So I still drive gas. Uh, EVs make sense if you're like a daily commuter into the city mm-hmm. and you're just driving in and driving back. They're totally a way to go if you can charge at home and you've, you've got the availability to do that and you're just a commuter, 100% go EV. Um, otherwise, long road trips or people that drive for a living, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Well, we're coming into that time of year where people start thinking about their New Year's resolutions. And, of course, everybody gorges over Christmas and then starts thinking about getting back into fitness, getting back into some sort of exercise routine. And I have, a, I have some tips, some, some tips that may help someone who struggles to find motivation to work out, if that's you. Because that used to be me. Years ago, that was me. I used to have a hard time dragging myself to the gym and then it just became part of my routine and now it's like one of the best parts of my day. I look forward to that. But here's some things that I think can, can actually work if you need a little kick in the pants. Uh, I have in the past before you may have heard me extolling the, the miracle of pre-workout, pre-workout supplement. It's just a huge shot of caffeine and it's incredible. Like if you, if you take half a scoop of pre-workout, 30 minutes later you will feel like you could run through a wall. You won't just want to work out you'll need to work out. Like, like if I don't work out, there's going to be consequences. I have too much energy. So that's one way to do it. If you're not into supplements, if you don't want to pump yourself full of caffeine, that's okay. I have other tricks. This one's specifically for cardio. But if there is a, say there's a show that you're really digging, a TV show or a book that you're really into, you only allow yourself to consume it during cardio. Of course, this isn't going to work for every type of cardio. Like you can't read a book while you're rowing, obviously. But there are lots of types of cardio, especially lower intensity cardio, where you can do that kind of stuff. And if you like, if you look at it as like, okay, this is my little treat for doing that cardio. Another example is social media. Uh, There's actually a friend of the show who told me about this once. She said that she knows that social media is bad for her. She knows that scrolling endlessly through Instagram, TikTok, not good for her. So she only allowed herself to do that while she was on the stationary bike. So the longer she stayed on the bike, the longer she was allowed to mindlessly scroll through TikTok. So that's another way to do it. This might be the best uh, method I've heard of so far. This was sent to me by a friend of the show, Jesse, based on a tweet he saw. He said, a buddy from college gaslit himself into loving running by applying a nicotine patch every time he ran and only when he ran. He is on his fifth marathon. (laughs) So, (laughs) So that's another way to do it too. Throw in a nicotine patch and away you go. That's like, Terry's way to find motivation for running, right? 
slap a nicotine patch on Terry and off you go. But you got to slap it on like you would a horse, like you'd slap the ass of a horse if you're going to send someone off. Like, ha, Terry, yeah. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Audio. Turn on the TV, act like you don't see me. Tell me everything is okay. Zach Bryan is a country singer from Oklahoma. He's exploded in popularity in the last couple of years after amassing quite a collection of songs while serving in the U.S. Navy. Met a man in New York City, told me humans ain't as pretty as a perfect day will chase for all their days. If you Google the Lumineers, there's that little section that comes up on the right side giving you an overview of the band. And Google lists their genre as alternative and metal. I don't know about you, but I've listened to a lot of the Lumineers, and they are very much not metal. Zach Bryan may be somewhat unfamiliar to many alternative fans, but some of the artists he's worked with might sound familiar. In addition to this collaboration with the Lumineers, he's done songs with Noah Kahn, Maggie Rogers, and Bon Iver. If you want spotless, I'll always lose. I don't want love, lover, I want the truth. The narrator of this song talks about how neither they nor their love interest are, quote, spotless. The concept that we're all flawed from birth is known to Christians as original sin, but isn't found in other major religions. According to Catholics, only one person was ever born without the stain of original sin, and that was Mary, Jesus's mom. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I don't think anyone has ever confused uh, the Lumineers for metal. But speaking of metal, a friend of the show, a friend of mine, a friend of the show, Mike, turned me on to this wicked Swedish metal band that I'd never heard of before, and I've been listening to them pretty hard lately. They're called Orbit Culture. So this can be a bonus edition of What Are You Listening To Lately? This is their song, Sound of the Bell. metal pretty sick orbit culture sound of the bell if you like metal if not that was probably not for you whatsoever (laughs) Um, that's the great thing about shane holmes affordable customization is it's always for you it's exactly what you and your family and your situation needs and you can do that without spending what you would think to be custom home prices learn more about their affordable customization shanehomes.com shane holmes the better way to build. The and Shauna podcast. Well, it is not Friday morning, but Shauna and I are both off tomorrow, and we thought you still deserved a Friday morning pizza chat for Atlas Pizza, so we're going to do that. It's cold on the beach in Jersey, but I think I hear something. Clarence, do you hear that? It sounds like Christmas time. To uh, the folks at the Pizza Collection who come up with all those great parodies. They have like 200 of them. They're all excellent. This is very quick, 
but this kind of blew my mind. My mom sent me this video. You know the the little white tables, the three-legged tables that you find in the center of a pizza box? So those exist to keep the box, the lid of the box from collapsing and sticking to the cheese, right? Because then you lift up the lid, takes all the cheese with it. That's absolutely devastating. So that is the purpose of those little white tables. But there's another use for those that I was unaware of. Have you ever had a pizza that wasn't maybe wasn't cut all the way through or it was cut and then the cheese kind of like remelted the pizzas back together. What you can do with that little table, which is what, what this guy was doing in the video, is use it to hold down the piece that you're not going to eat while you use your hand to lift the piece that you are. And that way you can separate those pieces. You can get a real good grip on the piece that you're not going to eat without touching it because someone else is maybe going to eat that and you don't want to get your hands all over it, right? Right. So that's another use for that little white table. I'd, I'd never seen anyone do that before in the video. It just looked so simple. It's like, oh, of course we could do that. How brilliant. I hope Pizza Claus visits you over the holidays. He visited me last night. Uh, we'll likely be back again before the new year. Heat yourself a frozen little pizza Podcast. I was doing a bit of Christmas shopping recently, and I had an idea for someone on my list to buy them one of those uh, Hudson Bay blankets. You know that I, that classic white Hudson Bay blanket with the four stripes, red, green, blue, yellow? So that's called the Hudson Bay Point Blanket. Uh, do you know how much one of those costs? I didn't. They're between $400 and $450. So I was like, okay, that's more than I was going to spend on this person. But I've always wanted one of those blankets because I think they're, they're su such an... A Canadian icon. This is so interesting, though. Uh, if you go to Hudson Bay's website and you try to buy one of these these blankets, the product description, I've never read anything like this on a, on a product before, but it says, the HBC Point Blanket has been called many things throughout its history. An essential trade item, an enduring emblem of Canada, a carrier of disease, and a symbol of colonialism. We begin to acknowledge the many layers of symbolism the blanket embodies in history, art, pop culture, and commerce. And then it goes on to say that 100% of the proceeds from point blanket sales uh, go to the Downey Wenjack Fund, which is pretty cool. Um, I got reading a bit more about the, the HBC point blanket and its history. That blanket has been manufactured for 350 years, and it's been traded in Canada for almost that long. It's called the point blanket because if you look closely at it, there are four black or there'll be black stripes on the one side and those are called points and those refer to the size of the blanket so four f four stripes is a full four point blanket that's the biggest one and the size of those blankets have actually changed over the years as beds have gotten bigger i also didn't realize that it it, it used to come in different colors and i guess it still does come in different colors but Depending on where an indigenous community who was trading with the HBC company wanted was living and which colors were important to them, they would request different colors of blankets. And there's a theory that the white one that we all know so well became so popular because it provides snow camouflage. I also didn't know this, but I mean, I've, you know, I've seen like the odd woman's jacket, like a dressier jacket in that style, but it was actually the it was the indigenous 
people who would trade with the the French fur traders who would come through and the voyageurs themselves who took those blankets and started sewing them into winter coats and winter gear. And the coats were called, I don't speak very good French, obviously, but uh, capotes or capotes. And there are these old photos of indigenous people and French voyageurs like out in the snow wearing that classic Hudson Bay look. And it's so cool. It's so very cool. So even considering the blankets colorful past, there may not be another item that more is more closely tied with Canada's history. And if you have an old, old one in good condition, apparently they can be worth quite a bit of money. So if, you, if there's one in your family, that's, that's an heirloom. That's something you'd want to hang on to. And I want to get my hands on one someday. podcast. One of the strangest lines in any Christmas song, in my opinion, uh, is in the second verse... I think this is the second verse of Andy Williams' Most Wonderful Time of the Year. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. I always thought that was such an odd line. Buttery smooth voice on Andy Williams, though. Wow. But the line, there'll be scary ghost stories. Like, that's not really a Christmas tradition, is it? I mean, maybe it was at one point. Not really anymore. Like, we don't think, oh, great, Christmas is here. Let's tell ghost stories. Although I got this message from friend of the show, Pam, just a few moments ago. And Pam says, Beckler, there are probably a bunch of new listeners that have no idea that you personally experienced a paranormal event. And that is true. And not even just new listeners, but uh, our music director, Matt Berry, told me that his wife, Chelsea, has never heard this story before, has never heard the ghost pizza story. Maybe this is what Andy Williams is referencing. There'll be scary ghost stories. There is going to be a scary ghost story right here, and it has to do with pizza. About six months ago, I ordered a pizza online. I pressed enter on the order, on the order screen. Three and a half minutes later, the doorbell rang. McKenna and I looked at each other and we said, no, it's impossible. It can't be our pizza, but it was. Our pizza arrived in three and a half minutes from when we placed the order. Now, I know at this particular pizza chain, it takes eight minutes for a pie to go through the oven. I know that because a friend used to work for this pizza chain. Eight minutes. I also know that we lived at least three minutes away from the nearest location. That's if you get green lights all the way, which is unlikely. I asked the driver how he got the pizza out that fast, and he said, not busy, not busy. That still doesn't explain it, though. It's not adding up here. I think potentially what happened here is that it was a ghost pizza. I think this driver was delivering pizzas from beyond the grave. I know what you're thinking. Back when someone else ordered the same pizza, you did at the same time. They canceled their order. It was just a coincidence. Yours happened to, they sent that person's pizza to you instead. But this was a specialty half and half pizza. The odds of those two events lining up, astronomical. This was our pizza delivered supernaturally fast. I thought about calling the restaurant just to ask what was going on there, how they were able to bring that pizza out so fast. But I know they would have said something like, whatever do you mean? That driver died 10 years ago this very night. It was a ghost pizza. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. Later. Yes.
After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f- they're going to say f-. Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.